Listener Production. Doing a daily podcast and trying to make content for TikTok was becoming too much. So Matt and Alex are having a little time off. We are not to be disturbed. This week, it's Veronica Milsom and friends. All day breakfast. Yeah, what a beautiful day it is to be filling in for Matt and Alex. It's been happening all this week and I'm not just leaving their seats warm till they get back. I have been heating them up, baby. I've got the heat dialed up to 11 and my bum is red hot. Uh, my name is Veronica Milsom. You might remember me from Triple J, which I actually only left last year, which is so weird, right? Like a whole pandemic ago. Back when we were worried about where we were going on holidays rather than whether we would ever go on holidays again. Ah, the good times. Uh, my co-host, my friend for today, is the host of Brooke and Linda's Dream Club and the new music podcast, The Spin. It's a lady called Linda Mariano. Hello. Ah, Linda Marigliano. <laughs> You've got two culture podcasts. You must be, like, cultured up the wazoo. Yeah, I've got... I'm a cult at this stage. <laughs> I'm co- I'm basically a yogurt, I'm basically a cult, and I'm so honoured that I'm sitting here keeping a seat warm too because yeah. you know I've got some really fiery buttocks over here. <laughs> We've yeah. spoken about how much I love snacks. There's a lot of farting going on. It's like it's as, it's warm as hell. Although I must say you do love to broadcast standing up and dancing while you're kind of doing it, like stretching mid-chat. True. So I'm keeping the air warm, not so much a seat. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any culture recommendations that we need to be across on oh. in any genre? Well, you know that I love The White Lotus, the yeah. Mike White TV show yeah. that has just wrapped up. So Very that is right on now. binge. Mm. You can watch that. That's an HBO series where you'll just fall in love with Jennifer Coolidge all over again in every episode. Mm-hmm. I started watching Survivor, which I just love the drama of. I can't stop yeah, watching who it. Who got you onto that? I think just boredom of being in lockdown yeah. and just watching it a little bit for the first episode and and kind of just getting hooked on people that get to do stuff that I can't do right now, which is roam outside a five-kilometre range of where I would normally live. Yeah, and vote other people off. Like and just be, yeah, be outwardly <laughs> and inwardly bitchy. <laughs> it's so fascinating. Well, Linda, this is a safe space. And, um, I mean, Matt and Alex don't publicly say that this is, like, the bitchy podcast, but all this week it's been, like, the bitchy podcast. So feel free to let loose. Okay, great. We're stepping into high school teen territory. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Veronica and Friends, all day breakfast. Yeah, I'm a sneaky, snoopy person. And actually, Linda, I recently learned mm. so are you. Because what do you mean? <laughs> you, I, I learned this because I was tagged into a video where you said this and you admitted that you stole people from Triple J um, offices food from their desk. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're quite yeah. sneaky and snoopy as well. I'm very sneaky, very snoopy. <laughs> I have been my whole life. I think it's because I have such a strict mum, which <laughs> instead of making me a disciplined child has made me very sneaky, Ron, very, very sneaky. So what was the f- Did you ever steal any of my food? I don't think I stole anything out of your desk. I what you're what Ron is referring to is the fact that I I had a bit of a loose lips moment on a podcast recently where I was talking about 
Um, doing the evening shift at Triple J and sometimes getting a little bit snacky at night and when I've eaten through all of my snacks, I know who else in the office has good snacks and it's often the breakfast people because they have to have breakfast and so there'll be cereal in certain drawers. Yeah. And then I know that your old producer, Ed, yeah. he would have Vita Wheats yeah. in his drawer. I know that someone else would have Vegemite, peanut butter and butter in the fridge. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was just a plethora of things that I yeah. would snoop and well, I would consume but so lightly consume so people wouldn't notice. Yes. I mean, unfortunately the location of all of this food is not news to me. I also knew it because I'm equally sneaky and snooping. Did you have it too? <laughs> oh, I used to, yeah, definitely. And oh. Lewis had really good almonds, yeah. Um, anyway. Lewis did have good almonds <laughs> in his second drawer. So I bring up that I'm Snoopy because all this week I've been enjoying doing some deep dive detective work on all my co-hosts and, oh, little Mariana, the things I found out about you. Okay, so feel free to correct the record for anything that is false. Okay. All right. Way back, you played bass guitar in a band called Teenagers in Tokyo. Sounded like this. Correct. Oh, my God. Correct. That's me. That's me slapping the bass. Do you play bass at all anymore? No, I don't. I still pull bass face when I'm out at concerts, but I have not picked up the bass guitar in a number of years. (laughs) Okay, second one. Um, You did long distance in a relationship for a long time, an international Mm -hmm. long distance. But now it's sort of done? It's sort of done for the moment. I have reunited with my partner of whom I was separated with, uh, separated from for almost a year and a half due to the pandemic. We reunited about a month ago, Mm -hmm. um, but we will be getting separated again due to Australian travel bans and visas and everything else that gets thrown at it. Oh, man. And then do you know when the next non-separation is or you don't know yet? We don't know yet. We have to figure it out. We have to let the chips fall where they may. Oh, and hopefully man. that will not be May 2022. No, I mean, fingers crossed. I'm sure it won't be. All right, when travelling internationally, as you did quite a lot um, when you're in an international lover long-distance relationship, you pack very light. Only a tiny carry-on, <laughs> outfits that crumple easily. Yes, <laughs> that is very true. I don't know how you remember that or found that. Yes, I would always pack, there's like a certain brand that's all pleated and I would just scrunch pants and tops into a ball like the size of my fist and I could fit about 20 of them in a handheld like a luggage bag, like the, the one that you go onto a plane with. Yeah, that's oh. ridiculous. And you are a smaller person than me, but I would never be able to do that, live that crumple life. Live that crumple life, right? And I just can't wait to get on a plane again. Yeah. I can't wait to crumple clothes into a bag again. I don't blame you. All right, this next one I'm dubious about because it doesn't sound right. Twin Peaks is your favourite TV show? Whoa, where'd you find that? I want a video where you talked about your favourite TV show. I was like, oh, that's BS. I can't Um, be right. Well, it would be definitely one of my favourite TV shows. At the time that I would have answered that, I bet that it was my favourite TV show. Now, because of the pandemic and how the onset of loneliness and depression Don't hits you, I feel like, no, 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 I feel like it would be something more like Shit's Creek, you know? Yeah. 
That was so good. It was so good. It was just absolutely heartwarming in every single way. Yeah. But shit, but Twin Peaks definitely up there. I'm a huge David Lynch fan. Um, I mean, yeah, he's pretty good. It's a far cry from Shit's Creek, though, isn't it? Ultimately? It's a far cry. <laughs> yeah. Um, you once did an impromptu three-hour set in Poland DJing and <gasps> someone spooned ground coffee into your mouth. Yes, they did. They also spooned other stuff as well. All but right. for the purpose of this, it was just ground coffee. Whoa. And, yes, it was a three-hour DJ set because the actual DJ, I think, passed out drunk next to me. And they were like, does anyone know how to use these things? <laughs> and at the time I was, I was when I was living in London with the band, I was DJing heaps as well. And I was like, give me those decks. Big mama's coming on board. <laughs> and before I knew it, the sun was up. Someone was giving me some sort of pickled herring in a jar and spooning coffee. Wow. I mean, I'm just happy you lasted the night and that it wasn't like a revolving door of DJs that just got spoon-fed things. It probably was. They were probably signed on for one-hour sets each and I ended up doing three of them. Get off. Get off. Okay. Stop playing. I got two more. Okay. Your dad is directly descended from American gangster Al Capone? Yes, he is because my nonna is. So my dad's mum... So my nonna, who I'm named after, Nonna Carmelinda, her maiden name is Capone. So she's Carmelinda Capone. Whoa. That's crazy. My family's very rough around the edges when you dig a little deep. Yeah. I feel like there's a documentary in that, you getting back to your roots or something. Actually, there's already an SBS show where that happens. doesn't matter. No, Um, it's all right. I'll do it. (laughs) Uh, And this is one that I feel quite embarrassed about. Um, I saw you on Tuesday this week. Yeah. Was it your birthday? What? Was it your birthday on Tuesday? If I say yes, do I get something? <laughs> I don't know if it was like one of those websites where it actually also says um, Linda Mariano's net worth. So it could be oh. wrong. Oh, I love those websites because it does, it normally does height, shoe size, net worth. Yeah. And I guess birthday. Yeah, okay. man, you're a millionaire. I'm loving it. Did it say millionaire? <laughs> I, I think know. I checked it once and it said something like two million. And I was like, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, so it's not your birthday. It was not my birthday. Oh, okay. Gosh, I feel much better about that. I was just like going red when I found out that. Um, oh, because you saw me and you you weren't, yeah. you were just you boring, normal, regular self. And yeah. You weren't bells and whistling around me. That's right. Okay, no, I've got a bonus one and this is... um. This is weird, but when you Google your name, you're actually involved in some sort of um, novel where your name is a character's name who's had, like, a crazy affair. It's in a book called The Wolf of Sarajevo. What? I really? know. Yes. Linda Mariano? Yes. No Maybe way. it was your nonna. No way. <laughs> Get on it. You know, once I was sitting in a very small cafeteria in Rome and these two old ladies came up to me and they told me that there was an artist that had been drawing my face his whole life. And I thought, this could be the artist I'm meant to be with. This is my long lost, I don't know, art- artistic person. But maybe it's not that weird painter from the 1950s who's now like 90 years old. Wow. Maybe it's actually the author of this book. Wow. This has been like, you've really got your money's worth coming onto this podcast today. Jesus. I'm also going to lie about my birthday for now. <laughs> yeah, well. Did it say, I hope that it said I was really young. <laughs> it did. Happy 18th. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm nine. Oh, yuck. Veronica Milsom and friends. This is All Day Breakfast. If you're in a lockdown city, you'll know that there has never been a harder time to take a walk in a park. Damn, the parks are heaving right now. And not even like the good ones too, but like, oh, actually the good ones, any park next to water or even like a dingy creek, it is bumper to bumper. You're getting amongst it, Linda. I am power strolling left, right and centre. You will (laughs) see me in the morning about 11am. Then I'll go back around two if I've got a phone call. Then come sunset, I'm out there strolling away. And every time I stroll, and you better believe it's near water, it's always on the grass and it's always right through the havoc that is a dog park. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a million pooches and I'm getting amongst it. I love it. There are just dogs everywhere. You don't have a dog? No, I don't. (laughs) That's my reveal in that I am walking around the pooches, but I don't have a dog and... Here's the thing. I think it's really lovely that I'm out there playing with some hounds, looking at an Australian shepherd, looking at a poodle, looking at something that has the most amazing haircut ever and maybe a rose, a little bow in its hair. But I don't own one of those. And is it okay for me to be cut and sick through that dog park, (laughs) playing with these pooches, sometimes even getting my boyfriend to take a photo of me with one of these poodles? Oh, okay, without consent. If one of these dogs is not mine. Yeah, I think, um, like, enjoying their company is fine, but I think if you're, like, getting rough and tumble with them and then doing, like, cute pics and stuff. I'm not posting them. I'm not, okay. I'm not a total psycho. They're just for you to look just back Just for later. me. Like, I oh, sit okay. and look at them at night. That's even, that's almost weirder, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I've, I've got, like, a couple of folders. Some is, like, food pics, there's nudes, and then there's dogs. Yeah, that's, okay. That's the folders on your phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I don't actually... Um, I'm not obsessed with dogs at all and I don't even spend much time in dog parks, but I spend a lot of time in playgrounds um, because Mm. where I live uh, in Sydney you can actually bring your kids to a playground. Um, And I don't touch other people's kids, but I definitely chat to them and don't get consent from the parents because my kid Lila, who's three years old, makes me be a wingman. It's yeah, like a see, real, like, hark back to my nightclub wingman days where she's you've like... You've got to pass. Hey. Yeah, she she nods towards them and she's like, those ones. I'm like, those ones? You talk to them. And she's like, you do the introduction. And I'm like, oh, what? And so I walk over and I notice one of them is wearing, like, a pepper pig thing or whatever. And I'll be like, oh, how good's pepper? My kid loves pepper. And then she walks over. It's exactly the same as when you're like, hey, do you think my friend is hot? And then the friend walks over. Yeah. It actually is. <laughs> See, I've, that's the kind of rapport that I would like to have, except I don't talk to the dog owners yeah. and I just start playing with the dogs Maybe at all you... hours of the day. See, I think that that's okay, right? Surely. Well, I mean... Like, I feel we... like you're giving me a weird look, like this, I'm a be, being a bit of a creep, my... being a bit of a puppy creep. I guess creep. it's because I think it, yeah. I think my look is you are accurate to my feelings. I knew it. <laughs> so we got a text from, uh, we, a message actually on Instagram um, from Matt in Adelaide and he says, as long as the pups tired when we get home, I couldn't care less. So he's more concerned about himself, actually, because he's, he's like, well, as long as the dog's tired, as long as you're running laps with it, I couldn't give a hell shit. <laughs> I, I keep thinking I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. I couldn't give a hell shit. I couldn't give a hell. <laughs> but see, that comes from, what's, what is my friend's name on Instagram? Um, it's, it's Matt. 
Matt, okay, well, see, Matt's a dog owner. So Matt knows. This is yeah. straight from a dog owner's mouth. He's saying that it's okay. And, in fact, I, th- I feel like maybe I'm doing Matt and the fellow Matts out there that own these dogs a favour because otherwise they're having to run around all the time. They're the one with the sticks. They're the one with the balls. They're the ones, you know, making sure that the dog isn't, isn't doing too many laps in the ocean pool or something. I'm there looking out for them. Yeah, I feel like Matt should be taking advantage of your doggy neediness. Like he should be charging his dog out at an hourly rate. You'd pay top dollar. I would pay, I'd pay top dogger. (laughs) I do think I probably stink of desperation though. Yeah. I think it's incredibly obvious that That I don't. That you don't have one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually thinking maybe I should buy a leash or just at least hold around some of those garbage bags, like those poop bags. Yeah. I mean, go all the way with your props and just fill them with a little bit of poop. (laughs) That's what I'll do. And I'll I'll buy the green ones that are like the compostable dog poop bags, yeah. I'll take a dump in my own ones and I'll carry it <laughs> to the park. No, no one's going to think I'm weird enough to do that. Like, uh, then of course I've got a dog. We've sorted it out. That's the answer. Carry That's your it. poop. Matt and Alex are having a lockdown holiday, which basically means they've turned off their emails for a week. I'll get back to you. In their absence, this is Veronica and Friends. All day breakfast. Now, one of the most upbeat, bright side of life people that I know is Linda Mariano. But the other person is on the phone line right now. She is someone you have to meet because of the way she sees life. It is so infectious. Her name is Bryony Benjamin and she's got a book out now which is all about the cancer journey that she's been through. The book is called Life is Tough But So Are You. It's very bright. It's very pink. It's very yellow. You can't miss it. And it's Bryony's learnings after being diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma at 31 years old. It is filled with inspiring stories and so many takeaways and she joins you now. Hello, Bryony. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Bryony, I had a look through your book today. It's just come out now, right? Yeah, it just came out last week. Yeah. This is so, it's not only something that everybody can relate to, but it's something that is extraordinarily close to your heart. Was it a real sad, happy, everything moment when you saw it on the shelf? Yeah, it was quite an overwhelming uh, moment when I saw the book for the first time in print. I actually filmed opening it and I just burst into tears because I think it was, you know, it felt like an achievement to have it there and have it in my hands. But just to think of everything that I'd been through to get to that point, I think it all just sort of flooded back and kind of overwhelmed me in that moment. Well, I mean, you made both Linda and I cry today. I'd already seen <laughs> the um, the video that you made, which went kind of viral about like you only live once. If you want to um, see it, like Google Briny Benjamin, you only live once. Um, that's the that's the name of it, right, Briny? I haven't stuffed that up. Yeah, yeah. You only get one life. Oh, yeah. God. Okay, definitely Google that and know what I <laughs> said. <laughs> but so that was all about like um, beating cancer and how precious life is. How did it feel putting your story out there for the first time initially? Yeah, well, I think, you know, when I first got diagnosed, I didn't really know what was going to happen. I hoped that I would get through it and survive. 
but I didn't know. So I think it was kind of comforting to start just documenting, not really knowing what I was going to do with it. I just wanted to start filming. And I think it gave me a bit of distance from what was going on. You know, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, I can still be a filmmaker. <laughs> I'm not, I'm having chemo, but I'm also a director. Um, but yeah, so I turned that into a short little film called You Only Get One Life and, and putting it out like it was a little bit nerve wracking because, you know, you're not looking your best when you've got no hair and no eyebrows and whatever. But um, ultimately, I just got so many lovely messages and so like so many people that, you know, reached out to me and said things like they'd reconnected with their mum who they hadn't spoken to in years because they saw the video and just went, you know what, I'm being pretty petty about this. Um, and so getting, I suppose, getting that encouragement from the video going out just made me go, oh, I just want to, you know, I want to just keep sharing this. And, and if there's helpful gems along the way that I learned that can make someone else's journey through something easier, then that felt like a really nice thing to be able to pass on. It's so perfect. It's that line between diving into someone's life as entertainment, but actually being given, and I'm using this in such a compliment, like it's infotainment, like we're learning <laughs> along with you. Yeah. Um, and it is about that thing of rising to the challenge when stuff just goes wrong and, and you don't get the plan A that you've been planning for. Mm. What do you think is the biggest change that you've seen in yourself from getting that diagnosis to now? I think oh, so many things and I like I write at the end of the book that people always say, you know, how's it changed you? And I, and I think it's changed me in a million different ways, but also so many of those changes are about coming back to who you really are and reconnecting with things that you forgot along the way are really important to you. And I think I'm probably more selective about the energy that I hang around now. Um, I, you know, I, I'm still dealing with chronic fatigue post-cancer. So, uh, you know, like you literally don't have as much energy. So you're very, very careful about where you spend it, who you spend it on, what activities you spend it on doing. And I think, you know, an illness um, or crisis like that, it does give you this this sort of golden guilt-free permission slip that we all should tap into, but we often don't feel we have access to just to say, no, I, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. Um, this is what I want to do. And this is where I want to put my energy. So I think, yeah, just being really conscious about the people that I spend my time with and the activities that I do. Uh, yeah. And just being, taking everything at a bit of a slower pace because one, I'm kind of forced to, but it's kind of nice <laughs> as well, you know? Yeah, you talk about in the book um, about ways that you can chat with people who are going through cancer recovery in like a helpful way. Was that because people didn't know how to talk to you? Look, I was really lucky in that I feel like a lot of my family and friends were just really intuitive and they knew what to say. But of course, in in the spectrum of everyone that you meet, you're gonna you're gonna have the odd person who's just gonna say. An inappropriate thing, or your dad who just you know, did, you like know what, what dads are like, like sometimes with their dad comments. Oh, the day I'd shaved my hair, he um just came out and said, "Oh, you look like a monk." <laughs> I was like, oh, dad, like feeling a bit raw right now. He's like, oh, no, no, I mean in a really good way. I'm like, okay, I'm not really taking it in a good way. He's like, you know, I mean like strong and good and anyway like dad just stop just stop yeah, yeah, yeah um but you know i think i think i write about in the book you know there is some classic phrases that we should all just steer clear of like mm -hmm. you know all they all things happen for a reason uh you know which is just not very helpful when you've just been given a cancer diagnosis or you've just lost someone you love or your marriage is broken up then you know people say them to fill the void but they're not very helpful things to say also you know oh, just be positive <laughs> like 
it's really you just want to punch someone in the face if they say that to you because you, guaranteed you're probably trying your best, you know, um, or even just things like, oh, you know, well, um, what will be will be or, you know, you'll be okay. Those things, once again, they're just can just feel very dismissive and like the person's not really grasping what you're going through. Uh, yeah, and, and I just think the best thing you can do sometimes is why you want to jump into advice mode and just tell them what to do. It's like just sit with it, your friend, just sit in the rubble with them, hold their hand, let them know they're loved and just listen to them. That's kind of the greatest gift you can sometimes give a friend. Wow. That was what I was going to ask in terms of if if it's not the foot-in-your-mouth disease statements that you're going to be making to someone, what are the nice things that you can do? And that is, like you said, just sitting and being that person for you. Can I ask, when you were going through the process and you were documenting stuff, were there days where you felt really triggered by everything? (laughs) You know, seeing people out or, you know, complaining about problems that seemed maybe pettier to you at the time or those sorts of things? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, you got to be careful what you're consuming when you're going through a kind of crisis mode. Like, and, and I certainly have a much lower tolerance these days for people's drama, <laughs> you know, like oh, someone the other day that I heard them saying, like, I've, I've, have, I've been having to teach Pilates via Zoom and it is like destroying my soul, like it is crushing me, you know, like I'm losing the will to live. And I just thought, wow, that's really, <laughs> you know, I don't, yeah, well, I don't know. Um, that, that's exactly that bad, the actually. example I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think... Um, um, you know, also just like, yeah, you, you do feel it's just that ultimate dose of perspective where you just feel so grateful for little things. And I think when you are struggling and for a lot of people in COVID right now, you know, there's so much uncertainty. We don't know when things are going to end. And I think whenever I can just like it is true, that expression that there's always something to be grateful for. I remember going in for chemo and just feeling so grateful that I lived in a country where I could get chemo. And I felt so grateful that my body was strong enough to actually have chemo. Like, you know, and I think at those lowest points, if you can be looking for those little things, and I'm not saying you have to force the positivity. Like I write about in the book that actually you don't need to be Pollyanna. You can just sit there and feel how you're feeling. You actually really need to allow that. But then the more you can just look to those little things that are, you know, that you are grateful for that are helping you through that day and finding those little moments of joy in a day, they just really do help. What are you feeling grateful for today? Have you had a thing? Yeah, well, um, I mean, I'm really grateful to be having a chat with you. Oh, shut up. Really? That's what I was (laughs) wanting you to say. (laughs) (laughs) No, it wasn't. Uh, Tick, you can come back. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and uh, well, my my very naughty father went and bought two little puppies uh, without (gasps) consultation with anyone in the family recently, but it's very hard to be angry at someone who comes home with two adorable puppies. So I've Felt very grateful to get a little cuddle with them today, um, you know, and my, my grandparents are visiting at the moment because we're in Queensland. They're, they're up from Tassie and, you know, just have time with them, you know, and I think so often we spend so much time looking for the next thing and looking forward and thinking forward and I just often, I often think now how much I would pay one day to come back to this very ordinary, very simple moment and just be in it and be in this body as it is right now. Uh, so I just try and enjoy those moments as I go now. 
Well, Bryony, we were actually just talking about how um, Linda is obsessed with playing with other people's dogs. What's, oh, what's your don't take dog on me this? In again, what Ron. do you think it's okay? <laughs> oh, I fully back that 100%. I actually write in the book one of my happy hacks is you know, play with a puppy or accost someone else's if you don't Oh, my fun, God, so. yes. <laughs> this is what I'm saying because I feel a little bit creepy during lockdown walking through the dog park just, like, fondling other people's hands. Okay, not fondling. <laughs> <laughs> Playing sorry, with them. If you have a puppy, I think it's your civil duty to share the love around with the community, don't you? I yeah. agree, Bryony. You know what? This is this is, this is is the next book. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, thank I you so it. much, Bryony, for joining us. Bryony Benjamin, Life is Tough But So Are You is the name of the book. It's such a great thing to be reading, particularly if you're, having a tricky time during COVID. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bryony. Thank you so much for having me. Loved it. Matt and Alex are on a break. Matt's sorting out his wig collection and Alex is writing a long list of gripes ready for rant dogs. Sort it out! So filling in this week are Veronica Milsom and friends. This is All Day Breakfast. Linda, I'm ashamed to say I've been solving a big problem I have in a very childish way and I feel to my core quite uh, ashamed about it. I was Mm. telling Adam and Simon um, on Tuesday, they're my Tuesday co-hosts, about how the previous owner of my house that I just moved into had buried a whole heap of their rubbish in the backyard. It was like they treated it like their personal landfill which is horrible. Anyway, I've just spent like the last couple of what weeks. What have you been finding down there? Oh, shoes and bottles and trinkets and, yeah, all sorts of um, crazy stuff. A couple of chicken bones, which I was afraid Incredibly were Incredibly creepy. Oh, really? And just so immature, you know, to not actually think to put your rubbish out. Don't even start me on it. Anyway, um, so I already got a load of it taken away, Right. But now there's just heaps more. Like I just keep unearthing like more and more. I've got like little garbage bins happening down in the backyard. And so I was like, where can I put this so that I I don't want to like rebury it (laughs) and I don't want to have to take it all the way to the top of the house or to get someone to like pay someone to take it away. I think I'm just going to shove it under the house. What do you mean? Like you've got extra room under your house to shove this old ancient Rubbish. Yeah, which I guess I feel like is as much of a, like, jerk move as the original people who buried it. But I don't know what to do about it. I feel like it's the outdoors version of, like, sweeping something under the carpet. Yeah. Who are these people? I'm just... I'm baffled by this. I'm also kind of intrigued. Yeah, exactly. But, I I mean, I guess um, just, like, pushing something to somewhere I can't see it has always been something that I've done. But as, like, a child, you know, that if you, you, like, had your parents grog or whatever and you spewed on the carpet, then you would, like, put a rug over the top of it. But I thought, like, as someone who's grown up now, I should be able to find a better solution, but I'm not. I'm just going to have to own it. I'm shoving the stuff underneath Mm. the house, other people's crap. This is the scenario where you should think that you've matured past it, but really sometimes the most simple response is kind of the best. I feel like I am guilty of this as well. Why? What have you done? What haven't I done? (laughs) I I, I feel like I'm incredibly childlike and childish, both things. It's, you know what it is? It's, it's normally due to hiding stuff from my parents. Yeah. It's like I solidified the sort of sneak 
that we've already that we've established that I am. Yeah. The sort of sneak that I was at the age of like 13 or 14 has just kept recurring throughout my adult life. So now I'm in my mid 30s, but still even, you know, I ha- I remember having a car accident and not wanting to take my car to the mechanic and not being able to take it for months. And so my dad just helped me gaffer tape it. And it was just there. Half like the bumper, half falling off. And then another time, I've had a lot of little bumps and scrapes in my car. Okay. Another time I needed to hide the front of my car that I'd crashed once again really quite badly from my (laughs) mum for months. Like I remember calling the mechanic. One, I was a really cheap uni student and two, I just... I'm pretty lazy, Ron. That's the thing. So you gaff it again? No, I didn't just gaff it again. I just kind of let it be. I let it run its course. (laughs) So there was kind of the air conditioning was ruined, the kind of lights. It was probably not legal to drive, but I just kept doing it. I'm really outing myself again here with the loose lips. But (laughs) I hid my crash car from my mum for a number of months by doing this childish thing where whenever I would meet her, and because she's got this real kind of strict Chinese mum vibe where nothing gets past her, mm. I would make sure that I would park my car against a wall in a way that she wouldn't see it and I would <laughs> constantly distract her back to my car. So I'd be like, look over there, look at the sunset. Are they new earrings? My mum's really vain. So if I just talked to her about her appearance, she would always get distracted. Your hair looks really good today. Did you change the way you did your eyeliner? Those sandals from Whitner are a really great investment, <laughs> were they? And to this day, she doesn't know. She also doesn't oh, listen to the work she that I knows. do. No, she, she knows. doesn't. I promise you, she does not. She doesn't. I reckon, like, now that I am a mum, I know how, like, crap kids are at thinking you don't know stuff. Like, like my You're kids- comparing me to your four-year-old. <laughs> Three. Three. Yeah, I guess I am. I think that you're as unsubtle as she would be. But she constantly, like, steals things from the fridge and she thinks that if I, like, turn her... And of course I let her eat. Like, I don't even know why she's trying to hide it from me. But then she thinks that she does it so sneakily and quickly mm. that I'll be able to turn around and not see her. And I'm like, dude, I'm, like, I'm whip smart and very quick, you dummy mm. dumb three-year-old. Anyway. God, actually, I am quite like that. My dad would always call me the mouse because he would hear me scourging in the kitchen. I would say goodnight to my family. I'd go up to my bedroom. Then I would creep down the stairs into the kitchen, completely pitch black, and I would eat spoons of honey out of the pantry. (gasps) You are my three-year-old. Hey, just on spoons of things, can I quickly say one last thing? Which just just made me think of it because I thought of it when I saw the Kid Leroy on Instagram today. Yeah. Do you remember... Yes, the... I know exactly what you're going to refer to. <laughs> I know exactly you what you're remember referring to. remember at the Triple J one night stand in Tasmania when the Kid Leroy was just a wee child. This is like two years ago. He'd just been born. <laughs> and he was just like hoeing into the Milo backstage because it was the only thing that he could drink. And it was like he'd never been introduced to Milo in his life. <laughs> yes. I exactly remember that because I have mentioned that to so many people (laughs) afterwards because it's like the perfect origin story of going, I knew the kid Leroy back when he was just drinking, having Milo out of the spoon. Yeah. Gosh, hasn't he come a long way? Global number one, smash hit. Let's send him some Milo for his 18th birthday. 
Perfect. Matt and Alex think they're irreplaceable. We think it's pretty easy. Bring in someone new. Who are you guys? Veronica and friends. All day breakfast. Well, that's it for today. Linda, thank you so much for coming in to help fill in for our favourite boys, Matt and Alex. There is a variety of ways that you can catch up with what Linda is up to. The new music podcast, the spin exclusive to the listener app, or the one you do with Brooke Boney called Brooke and Linda's Dream Club. You can find the links to the podcast in today's show notes. But if you haven't heard the um, Dream Club yet, you should, because there is a really great bit where they give like ASMR advice. Oh, my God, Ron, when you filled in for the Dream Club this week, your ones were on point. I forgot how good your whisper is. What? Oh, yeah, because I I think I sass it up with a bit of... It's not quite whisper. really give it Mm. some swag. (laughs) What's your best bit of um, advice that you've given or, like, in the whisper? I think mine was... Don't get adult braces. Oh, now I'm trying to do your voice with it. <laughs> yeah, yours is actually quite different. <laughs> yeah, you don't need them. Or like, eat the eat the skin off your kiwi fruit. It's where the roughage is. Yeah, you know what? That actually feels true to everything we've learned about you in the podcast because it's a very sneaky whisper. It is. It's like I have a small counterpart and his name is Max and he's, like, jumping in front of the mic. (laughs) Um, Well, Matt and Alex will be back next week with some of their best bids, um, but I've really loved hanging out with you all this week. Thank you for having me, even though you didn't have a choice. Uh, And do keep hitting me up on the DMs for all the things that I've said right and wrong on this podcast so far. I mean, I do prefer the right ones, obviously, but the wrong ones are okay too because anything that feels like human connection... (sighs) Anyway, thanks again, Linda. Oh, Ronnie, thank you. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex. Listener.